Jeffrey Esri joins us on the phone. Jeffrey, good morning. I tell you what, it was kind of deja vu all over in Denver. Yeah, I mean, the game ends with a roughing the passer call that pushes the opposing team further down the field to win it in a last-second field goal as time expires after Denver's offense had come back with a you know pretty cool comeback drive. Felt really eerily reminiscent of the Bears game. I don't think Denver fans liked it at all. No, I doubt they did. Um, Let's start with a positive here. I thought the best part was uh, people saw this Denver Bronco offense go out there and put up some points, and heck, did it in the first quarter as well. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking kind of among the Mile High Report staff really for that first half. We were all kind of chatting back and forth of this is the Denver team that we expected to see. You know, obviously they fell apart in the second half, but the defense came out and got after Gardner Minshew and finally broke that, you know, sack barrier and you know, ended up with five sacks on the game. And the offense was really moving the ball well and um, scoring points, putting the ball in the end zone. And, you know, I know the coaching staff will take a lot of heat because of the record, but I thought, especially Rich Scangarello, I've been really impressed by him the last two weeks with just the design of the offense and the way that he's, you know, getting the backs involved in the passing game and some of the success that they've had on the offensive side of the ball is really a result of his scheming and putting, you know, their young talent in positions to succeed. And so I do think there was a lot of positives to take away, especially on the offensive side of the ball early. Jeffrey Esri, our guest here, writes for Mile High Report. Uh, Joe Flacco, I thought, really looked maybe, was it, was it his best game as a Denver Bronco, in your opinion, or was, was there another one? I think early on, yeah, absolutely. Um, you, I think that the biggest mark um, on him would be that interception at the end of the half and ended up you know, being about a six-point swing, and it could have been more if Denver you know, potentially would have gone in to score, and he sails it high on that crossing route, and it comes back the other way and they kick a field goal, you know, and then Denver ends up losing by a field goal. Um, and so you'd love to have that one back. But, yeah, I mean, if, if the defense holds on at the end of the game, we'd be talking about Joe Flacco driving the team down with a minute 30 left and really, you know, with surgical precision, just marching down the field and finishing it off, finishing it off in the end zone with a touchdown to, you know, bring them in for the win. And so – I thought he did enough to win um, yesterday, aside from, you know, you, you'd want to have that interception back. But, yeah, I thought he played well. Yeah, I, th- I thought the offense played pretty well in the first half. But, boy, that third quarter, what was it, like eight or negative some odd yardage total uh, in that third quarter? It was not a good third quarter when you needed to be able to go out there and run the football. They showed it moments. Philip Lindsay busted some runs. Do you feel like they just didn't stick to the run enough? Or do you feel like, well, the, that Jacksonville did a good enough job to stop the run that they forced them to throw a lot, especially in the second half? Yeah, just kind of, it was such a goofy third quarter to your point. I mean, the opening drive from the Jaguars took 10 minutes off the board, and then the offense gets on the field and goes three and out, and then it goes right back to the Jaguars, and they eat more time off the clock. And so I think they just didn't have enough time to really get into a rhythm. I mean, they only had a couple possessions in the entire second half, and by the time they got the ball back in the fourth quarter, you know, they were kind of behind the um, eight ball, as it were, and needed to get down and score. And so didn't, I don't think they had enough time to really do what they wanted to do and continue the success from the first half because it was such a, you know, that third quarter, I think, just kind of threw them off completely. Um, you know, it obviously wore the defense down. And, you know, as the offense, you've got to find a way to, 
string a drive together and at least get something going so you don't throw your defense back out there on the field in the third quarter. And I thought if, if one thing, you know, the, the big negative from the offense yesterday was they kind of hung the defense out to dry in that third quarter a little bit. You know, obviously they made up for it in the fourth and brought them back down to be in position for the win. But, yeah, that third quarter just kind of threw everything off, and I don't think they were really able to just, you know, get into a rhythm after that. Yeah, you mean you would say you're kind of trying to say that you know the offense to an extent tuckered out the defense enough to the point to where they couldn't perform maybe at their best down the stretch. Yeah, and you look at Denver's depth. Obviously, they've had some injury issues too. Um, Kareem Jackson was out, and Josie Jewell left during the middle of the game, and so you're already thin on depth. And then you've got the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, putting together a 10-minute drive, just running the ball constantly with Leonard Fournette. You know, it's, I have to go back and look at the tape to see kind of what was going on on the, some of those big runs, but it didn't look like, a, a, you know, any big schematic issues or guys missing their run fits or anything. It was more of them just getting pushed around. And um, Fangio talked after the game and said, you know, we just got whipped up front. Um, and some of that, you know, Denver's got to get beefier and bigger on the defensive line um, to be able to stop the run, but I think they were just worn down by the end of the game. Jeffrey Esri of the Mile High Report joining us here on uh, the Morning Blitz. Yeah, I mean, the Denver Broncos lose 26-24 at home. Another last-second field goal, uh, this time by the Jaguars, uh, in order to uh, get the victory and pull it out of the hands of the Broncos. I mean, I just, this was, I was watching that game, uh, especially that entire second half, and it was, it was blowing my mind, um, you know, first of all, to an extent, seeing Leonard Fournette go off for over 200-plus, 220-plus yards, which he had never done. I think he had more yardage in that game than he had the previous, I don't know how many games. And then to watch Gardner Minshew go out there and throw for 213 yards and two scores, do you think this is kind of a magic in the bottle for Minshew, or do you think this is something he can sustain for maybe a career in the NFL? I tell you, he was pretty impressive, and I think the biggest things that you know you look for in a quarterback are some of those kind of intangibles and just ability to, you know, you don't want to, the cliche is, you know, they're a winner, but, you know, the ability to just come out there and do some of the things that he did, especially like escaping in the pocket, obviously they took some sacks, but that play on that touchdown drive where he avoided about, you know, half the entire Denver defense and then um, comes down and throws the touchdown you know you really like it from a sixth round pick being as composed as he was especially when they hit some bumps early and it looked like you know they're down 17-3 and then they come back and score 20 unanswered points you know and and Minshew kind of led the way and so I've been really impressed by him you know obviously there's a lot of hype and you know they talk about the Minshew mania and all that around him you know um I don't know if he's lived up to that at that point, but it is pretty impressive to see a guy who, you know, picked in the sixth round um, come in and perform the way he he did. And so I don't think that Nick Foles will get his job back, um, at least this year. How much, before we let you go, how much trouble do you feel like, I don't know, trouble's the right word here, but what do you think the, the, the tone is around Vic Fangio four games in? I think some of the fans are frustrated, obviously, you know, and you went through this two-year stretch with Vance Joseph where, you know, it was it was clear pretty early on that he was in over his head. And I, I just personally haven't seen that with Vic Fangio. I think it's way too early. Um, and I also think, you know, all of these coaching, you know, all these coaches, I think, you know, when you go 0-4, the fans always want to see somebody's, you know, head roll almost and you want to – feel like you need to make some major changes but 
I think the coaching staff, by and large, has done pretty good this season. Um, you know, schematically, there hasn't been big glaring issues. I've been impressed with the stuff Rich Scangarello is, you know, trying to do on offense. Defensively, we've talked about it the last couple of weeks. You know, it's going to take some time to get not only the guys that Fangio needs in that system, um, but really get them into the system. And they've just had so many injuries. Um, and I talked about it a little bit on, on Twitter, and I'll have a, a piece coming out this week for Mile High Report on it. And I, I threw it out as kind of a, just a random hot take last week, and I, I'm beginning to believe it the more I um, look into it and watch this team. But Denver really, I think, has taken for granted the fact that they're going to be good on the defensive side of the ball because they have Von Miller and Chris Harris, and they really haven't, other than the Bradley Chubb pick, haven't spent a lot of resources or draft capital infusing you know, that defense with, young talent they've been really trying to restock the offensive side of the ball over the last three drafts and they've done that they've got a lot of good young skill position players but if you look across this defense you've got guys you know 30 years or older at um, a good chunk of the positions and not a lot of young talent or depth coming in to fill their spots and so I think they've got to you know, kind of restock on the defensive side of the ball um, and so, you know, you look at the defense and obviously they're not performing well. And so that falls on Vic Fangio because he's a defensive guy and he was supposed to come in and really change that. But I don't think you can put it on him yet until you really give him a full year and an off season to kind of build the guys that he wants to do. I mean, you look at what he did in Chicago, it took him a couple of years to really clear out who they had and bring in his guys and kind of build that defense from the ground up. And so, you know, as much as fans don't want to hear it because of the losing ways of the last couple of years, I think we've got to be patient with this coaching staff at least. He is Jeffrey Essery, writes for, of course, a Mile High Report. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jeffrey Essery. Uh, Jeffrey, we appreciate your time. Uh, we'll see what happens next week versus the Chargers. Hey, Ross, thanks. Take care.